I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And let me tell you a story about a couple of weeks ago. Barry, who I'm sure you know, our camera operator in our video coaching sessions, but also big role in this podcast, he got the sniffles. It was a few days of feeling low. And then a home test displayed the dark line of Omicron. Now, before you fret and start your fan mail of support, don't worry, Barry is fine. He emerged. But as he and I were chatting over a lovely meal that he made for me, bangers and mash. In case you're interested, yes, sausages over mashed potatoes and gravy with a little side of peas. Anyway, he named it Performance Nutrition, and I was not one to argue or judge. But there we were, chatting away, enjoying our meal, and he asked me the question, Matt, how do I navigate out of this illness and get back to my training? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this confused me. I'd never really considered Barry to be one to train. Sweat, yes, straight through his light grey T-shirt. And that's just from the glare and the heat of the studio lights, but no more than that. But his question sparked an idea. All of us, athletes, fitness enthusiasts, we all have to navigate sickness. It's part of life. So perhaps we should do a show focused on it. And here we are today a performance show to provide a framework and a little bit of counsel on managing sickness and, of course, (laughs) emerging from sickness back to full steam ahead. No gimmicks, no magic potions, no quick fixes, just a practical guide on managing and emerging through sickness as a performance enthusiast. That is the theme of today's show. Oh, and as we get cracking, look, we might touch a little bit around COVID-19 considerations, but I do want to point out this is not specifically around the pandemic. We wanted to anchor the conversation around a broader perspective so that we can make it timeless. Look, it's kind of time to move on, isn't it? It's all in today's show. But first, a fun and slightly different squatty update. Yes, a squatty update, ladies and gentlemen. I have a few things to tell you this week. And first and most importantly, we received a lot of questions following our episode a couple of weeks ago on training camps. So I wanted to reflect on a couple of them and hopefully try and provide some answers. The first was from John. John's in Michigan. And he asked if I believe that training escapes, as I labeled them in the show, were a negative In other words, are they really worth it if you're not coached? Well, John, it's super question. And I said, no, these can be really, really fun. You going away with a buddy or even solo and putting in some really focused training time can be really high value. In fact, as I march towards my own adventure, Alt Route, this summer, I'm planning right now a three-day, what we're labeling, coast ride all down the northern California coast. And it's really, really great fun and high value. The thing is, these are just different, both in mindset and what the value is you get out of them. I think the key point of the show is a, quote, real training camp is something that's really immersive, empowering, 
and allows a highly positive impact over the months ahead. And that's because of the lessons that you draw out of a coached camp experience. For training escapes, I see them as soul-filling, high-value training, but not really a game-changer in readiness. That arrives out of the journey of training, and of course, it's a nice addition, but no more than that. We also had a bunch of questions around purple patch training camps and with the emergence of the COVID world starting to eat behind us, we've decided to stay in the US this year for our camps. Now, we've already completed the Kona camp just a few weeks back and that was highly successful, but we have now just released the Napa camp in mid-May and I will be leading that camp. So if you'd like to come and join me in Napa, a wonderful retreat over five or so days, a tremendous chance that's in mid-May. And then right at the end of May into the first week of June, we have South Carolina. And I was going to say it's sold out, but we actually do have one single spot. We didn't realize that we had one spot left in the 13-room hotel. So that's going to be tremendous. We're also got an East Coast camp coming in early fall and a St. George, Utah camp in early September. Now, all of these are triathlon focused. So if you're interested in any of these, you can head to our camp section of purplepatchfitness.com or, of course, feel free to email us. Let us know your interest level. And if they're not up on the website left for yet, we will be sure to send you the details and even hold you a spot in line before we go live. I will say that our camps do sell out very, very quickly. So if you're interested, you know the email info at purplepatchfitness.com. Good stuff. Final question. This one's a little bit different, and this is from Denise in New York, New York. Fantastic stuff. Here's Denise's question. She asks, is it possible for Purple Patch to put together a custom camp for groups or companies? Well, thank you, Denise. And the short answer to that is yes, reach out, ping us, info at purplepatchfitness.com. We can do three-day mini camps or even go more extended four to six-day camps. Now, what these camps exactly are would, of course, be tailored around the group. We could anchor something around a group of triathletes all the way up to executive teams that certainly don't identify as triathletes, but instead are seeking full health and performance retreats. Either way, both of them would be soaked in education, skills, activity, and of course, some performance-driven mindset. In fact, we don't even put these types of things on the website. You can't go and browse around, but we do do a fair amount of very sneaky corporate team and leadership retreats. We often bring in specific need experts, such as me, of course, but also sleep experts, high-quality nutritionists, mobility and posture work, whatever needs to be done around the team needs. So these are soup to nuts, completely custom. I will say they're pretty discreet, and they are, of course, tailored around your team. So <laughs> that covers it, Denise, and thank you so much for the question. If any of you folks have any insights needed or any questions answered, feel free to head to the website, purplepatchfitness.com, or, of course, email one more time, info at purplepatchfitness.com. All right. It sounds like I need a breather. I've got a frog in the throat. So let's have a little commercial break. We're going to talk about Inside Tracker. Health, your platform of performance. And your route to get there? Well, 
train, recovery and sleep, nutrition and hydration. But what about refining your own personal focus, getting really precise about what levers to pull so that you can really develop your resilience, amplify your results, and build a robust platform of health. It sounds like sustainable performance. Look, this isn't just for faster finishes or qualifying to Hawaii Ironmans. It's about your optimized functioning as a human being so that you can perform in life. And the only way that I know to get really focused and precise for yourself is to take a look inside. And that's what we do. That's what Purple Patch athletes do. Head to insidetracker.com slash Purple Patch Podcast. All you need to do is grab an assessment, get the blood drawn, have a look at your biometrics, and follow the advice and guidance. Now, we would recommend, this is how you really supercharge it, head to Purple Patch Fitness and reach out for a coaching consultation so that we can help filter your results and really make an action plan. Anyhow, if you head to insidetracker.com slash Purple Patch Podcast, and then you can take action on your health and your performance. Oh, and of course, I should make sure that you know the code. 25% off everything at the store. All you need to do is enter Purple Patch Pro 25. That's Purple Patch Pro 25, the numbers, and you get 25% off everything at the store. Okay, that is my duty done. Back to the show and on to some important education for you folks. It is some critical stuff because this time it is time for Word of the Week, Barry. Let's do it, folks. Let's dance. We like the way he thinks, serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, it's Word of the Week this week. And the word this week is character. Now, you think I'm going to discuss a profoundly important baseline of ethical decision-making, that I'm going to discuss the importance of having the appropriate character. No, I'm not, because by popular demand, I'm buckling. Today, we're going to do something really different. I would like to formally introduce to you our cast of regulars who participate in the Purple Patch Video Bike Sessions. Now, if you've ever taken a Peloton class or anything like that, you probably close your eyes and think about video-based coaching and you think, oh, rather good-looking model-less instructor cheering on to a healthy dose of rah, 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 backed with the latest musical tunes. Well, I want you today for this word of the week to erase that image from your head. First, the sessions are led by me, including all of my pasty white English skin. And of course, my oversized nose on full display on the camera. But as we like to say, it does take a village. And we have a whole cast broader in range than an episode of Cheers. And so what I'm going to do is buckle and offer you a formal introduction to these cast of characters that we have. And so without further ado, in no particular order, we have the man on brand. Now, We begin with this man because he is a man of style where clothes and presentation are so much more important than what's of physical performance. And sitting next to him in the classroom, the professor of architecturalization. Yes, he is the architect and you can be guaranteed that 
every angle is perfect. Now, before we just go around the classroom, we have an important role here. We have a vicar and Mrs. Jenkins. Yes, indeed. Mrs. Jenkins provides all of the refreshments for the show. And her gift is making the perfectly balanced cup of tea. It's none of that semi-hot American shite. This is a real cup of tea, ladies and gentlemen. Now, it tilts more towards the stronger northern varietal of tea. But, and this is her real skill, Mrs. Jenkins can also make it in that nice balanced tone. So us softer southerners like me, well, it's accessible to us. Her specialty, you want to know? Kipling's apple pies and French fancies. Oh, I can actually hear it and smell it right now. I sense several 40-something-year-old British people with their mouth watering just at the mention of French fancies. The vicar likes to come for tea. He doesn't speak much, but of course he is a dignified guest. Who's next? Roger the Pigeon. A newer character to the classroom, but I should point out it is Roger with a D in the middle. He is petulant, a complainer, but I promise you his heart is in the right place. He hates Roger more. Just don't go there with him. Now, someone that is familiar to you guys as podcast listeners, we have Barry and his camera work. And much like his podcast production, I don't know where we would be without his expertise and leadership. It's getting busy, but we've got a couple more to get through. We have the dirty nurses. Yes, two from the front lines, a filthy couple. And they often bring the session into disrepute. But to my side, we have Angus and his sweat. Now, Angus is a sweaty man. He breaks through his silk robe with the first sniff of coffee in the morning. But he remains my rock. I should say that these classes are challenging especially the mathematicals of it all. I can hardly keep track of the intervals and I need someone to help me. And we have Anthony. He is grumpy, moody, but very good with the abacus. In my ear, keeping the ship on course, never a distraction, I should point out, we have the producer. And then live in Studio One in San Francisco, we have Kelly the Missy. She keeps her eagle eye and keen observation, always waiting for you, the riders, to bring her happiness. And of course, it wouldn't be a proper show without our landlords who share duties. And that is so that we can be sure to stay on our hydration. We have Malcolm, who strays towards the straight and narrow, wise in his years, but maybe a little stern. And then, of course, we have Duncan, our maverick. And all of these characters play an integral role of making Purple Patch video coaching. And that's even before we start discussing the athletes on screen. We ain't going to even go there today. Should I point out that this kind of is coaching like no other? The characters lead, they guide, they inspire, they help the production come to life. And the truth is, you're going to kind of get it or you're not. It's kind of strange. It's very British, but it's all anchored and seeped in performance, I promise you. If you want to find out how these characters unite, work together to create the magical video-based coaching experience, you've got to be a part of Purple Patch. So I say that to you. Try squad, bike squad, run squad, individual coaching. Every program utilizes our video-based coaching. 
All are available and accessible for you. All you have to do is head to purplepatchfitness.com and you can find out more. Okay, that's our word of the week. A fun one this week. After all, we are talking about sickness. And so I thought I'd balance it out with a little bit of silliness on word of the week. But it is time, ladies and gentlemen, we need to do the meat and potatoes. Illness, sickness, a chesty cold, flu, Omicron, whatever. Athletes are expected and will get hit with illness at some stage. It's kind of a part of the fabric of the journey of performance. In fact, the truth is a smart coach will plan for sickness and injuries. No different than a contingency plan when you're making a budget. And so today, let's dig in. Let's build a toolkit for you so that you can navigate the thing you don't want to happen, but is somewhat inevitable. And as we get rolling, I should first say something on prevention, I guess, because we can do a few things on prevention. And if we haven't learned anything else over the last two years in broad sickness terms, I think we know that there are ways to maybe keep things a little lower risk. Now, there are two parts of this. The first, very simply, be clean. It's really cool to play the guitar, but it's also cool to be clean. So here are some simple childlike tips that you should know. Firstly, wash your hands and surfaces, not obsessively, but plenty. And I mean when you wash your hands thoroughly. Every time that you sort of have an interaction, a transition. And on the continuum, I would say that you do want to as a performance-focused person, stray more towards the surgeon side of it rather than desperately hanging on to maybe your history as a frat boy. And so, yes, wash your hands and services. That's very simple. Number two, don't be afraid of masks. Let's not dance into politics here because that's kind of like making seatbelts about freedom and it's not really about that. Look, I think that What we have learned over the last couple of years is that we can be bold and should be willing to utilize a mask in situations that perhaps present higher illness risk. And in fact, if you care about others, I would say as you march forward, pandemic, COVID aside, perhaps we think about adopting a mask if you feel like you've got a common cold or something like it coming on. And so I think that we can come out of this pandemic and actually start to evolve and leverage these as a tool, not a restrictive tool, but a simple tool to help lower risk and also lower risk to others. And so I'm going to say today that hmm, we might actually leverage a mask that might actually keep you a little bit safer and a little bit further away from catching illnesses. And third and finally, I think we should all acknowledge and realize that there really is no such thing as the three second rule. We might have believed it when we were 18. At least I know that my college roommate did. But the simple truth is that dropping food on the floor means typically a penalty. And that's that it's lost food. And I think that's a good way to live if you really care about trying to prevent sickness. Now, I say all of this and I should add, there's no real need to obsess or believe that our goal is zero exposure to anything. 
That's not really the case, but general cleanliness, I think it's a worthwhile lifestyle choice. The second part of prevention is more what's going on inside. It's all about stress. You see, the truth is that the accumulation of too much stress is going to leave your body with lower defenses. Think about it in the days and months leading up to D-Day. Okay, perhaps not a great analogy, but stay with me here. You only have so many defenses to the impacts of stress in your life. And whether those stresses are coming from work, life, travel, training, whatever it might be, the truth is that the body isn't very good at differentiating stresses. And so load stress accumulates. And if we add to this really poor sleep habits or inadequate and inappropriate nutrition, and then by definition, when you are training as well, you're going to be stretched thin. You're going to be overstressed. And that means that your immune system is battling the stresses, but unfortunately unable to fight back when there is the additional stress of illness, sickness, infection, trying to attack you. What's that got to do with D-Day, that silly analogy I made? Well, if you go back to that time, you realize that the German army actually had to make a choice. They could only absorb so much stress. And so they lined up resources along the French coast, and they decided to focus in the most likely port of attack, Calais, same way as an athlete would say, I'm going to focus mine on training hard because I'm ambitious and I'm seeking goals. But the truth is they then had nothing more to give, and that opened the door of opportunity to Normandy. All right, maybe not a great analogy, but hey, I was in the mood, so let's go with it. The truth is, though, to defend from sickness we need to have more capacity to be able to defend. We aim to manage our stresses. And the point is that this is why things like sleep and recovery and hydration and fueling and nutrition and on top of it all, why I hop on and on about training not being dumped on life but integrated into life, this is the only route, the pillars of performance, for you as the time-staffed athlete, that you can actually remain with the platform of health and have a little bit of defense around potential sickness or infection. Boom. So if you want to avoid or at least reduce risk, then you need to start building habits and an approach that can actually foster and develop physical resilience on a platform of health. If you just obsessively look over, chase your neighbor, try and emulate professionals, you are going to struggle. Okay, so that's prevention. But you're not always going to win. As I said before, if you're a smart coach, you're going to have contingency built into the planning for an athlete. In other words, you're going to assume that Life is going to happen. Work is going to happen. Family vacations is going to happen. And the theme of today, sickness is likely going to happen. I always like to have in my back pocket a couple of weeks in every single season that something happens, whether it's logistical or sickness, but a couple of weeks that say, hey, give me those free weeks. And when I'm building the arc of a program for an athlete, I'm going to have those in my back pocket. And it's good for that. So now... Let's come back. The sickness has arrived and boom, you are suppressed. What do we do? Well, this is where things get quite juicy. And what we need to do is first pause, come up a level, 
and frame the big picture. Because I'm not just going to say, oh, well, if it's this, then do this and this. I will get to the details, but I think it's really important that we need to first pause and come up a level. Let's revisit your goal as an athlete or a performance enthusiast and the mission. Okay, so let's talk about training first. You train, and the reason that you train is it provides a specific stress on the body. Imagine you're a triathlete, swimming, cycling, running, strength. It is a stress placed on the body. And that stress should, we hope, be followed by positive adaptations. You get fitter, stronger, more powerful. Yes, we improve. And we try and do this training within the context of a whole bunch of stresses in life, all of your logistical, emotional, physical stresses. And I have yet to meet a time-starved athlete who isn't playing the game. And that game is of life and training management. There are very few committed time-starved athletes or fitness enthusiasts that have that much more capacity to give within a normal week. It's kind of busy living for us, yeah? And that's the truth. Performance living tends to be a game of pragmatism, sensible compromise as you need so that you can make smart decisions and make sure that you can continually progress. And so within this now, we add sickness, which I think we can all understand is a huge stress on the system. It doesn't matter the type of infection. It is a stressor that is placed on the body. And it's often the thing that tips the apple cart. Why is this important? Well, it's because no matter your level or your goals, when sickness arrives, your ability to positively adapt to that training stress is unarguably severely limited or even eliminated. And that's because all of your physical resources must go appropriately to battling, beating this infection or sickness. And I know it's probably untimely. It's an annoyance. It's frustrating. But here's the thing. It's a fact, not an alternative fact, a stone cold truth. When sickness comes, your body's ability to absorb your training and adapt to get fitter, stronger, more powerful, etc., is highly compromised. And so when you make a strategic plan, you must remember this because it absolutely frames our response. Okay, so we cannot adapt to training. We must navigate sickness. And our goal, our mission, when this happens, is to do everything that we can do to recover as quickly as possible. And so that we can make a strong return to training as quickly as possible, and that training should be effective and minimize the inconvenient but unavoidable interruption to that flow. Now, what I didn't say there is, come on, laddie, come on, ladies, ignore it. Plow on because that's what your plan told you to do. Remember, life is not a spreadsheet and the situation might well suck, but the truth is you must adapt and navigate. Now, I should add to this that we consistently say performance is built on a platform of health. And on top of it, we also say your key to success is consistency. 
And both of these statements are true. Of course, they're true. And they actually fall neatly under the banner of pragmatism. Because consistency doesn't mean ignoring and driving through sickness because I don't want to miss a session. What it means is I need to adapt to this inconvenient obstacle so that I can get back to effective training. And so I want to minimize interruption and then get back to real consistency. And that's true because the truth is that the real goal isn't consistency. It's actually trying to build consistency of effective training. I should really remember to add that every time. The key to success is consistency of effective training. There you go. I staple it to your heart. Okay. So let's get you healthy and drive you forward. All of this requires patience, pragmatism, and logic. That's why we say logic, not emotion. What should you do? Hmm. Well, what can you do? The answer to that is, in honesty, it depends. But don't despair. I'm going to give you guidance. Your first action is to assess your symptoms. What type of sickness is this? And that answer will inform your decision. Okay, so we're going to, as mentioned, we're going to bypass COVID and all of that stuff. And let's actually go back to the olden days, which hopefully is our future. And let's actually lean into an old wife's toe. Is it above the neck or below the neckline? You know what? That actually works very well as a guiding light in this whole situation. Let me frame it out a little bit. If your sickness is more systemic, what I mean by that is if you have a fever, maybe a chesty cough where it feels like it's a cold on the lungs, you have body aches, really deep fatigue, and then your prescription while you are feeling all of those components is very simple, bold and double underlined, rest. You need sleep downtime, rest. If possible, don't go to work, rest. There can be no benefit. There is no benefit from moving the body while you are in this phase of infection or sickness. Even if you manage to disguise some of it with the flu therapies, such as ibuprofen. It's really important that you retain a smart, pragmatic mindset so that you can allow the sickness to navigate its course. Now, I'm going to throw the metric heads and the data lovers a little bit of a bone here because one of the things that you can also do in this situation is look to gain insights from some of the scores that you might get from your aura ring or whoop band or that type of stuff. Do you have a plummeting HRV score? Is your resting heart rate deeply suppressed or really highly elevated? Do you have an unusual desire to sleep more and not feel refreshed despite long hours? And so when you have that situation and the symptoms that really are systemic, you must rest, period, done. What about the more classic head cold symptoms? You've got the sniffles, a sore throat, maybe blocked sinuses, a cough that originates a little bit more behind the Adam's apple, so in the throat. None of these are really systemic in personality. Well, this is a little bit different. 
you can actually move the body here. And it really might be quite a good thing to circulate blood and move the body. But here's the thing I want you to remember. This isn't training. I said move the body. I didn't say retain training. Remember, let's come back. Training is a specific stress to force adaptations. What we're doing in this situation with a head cold, sniffles, sore throat, blocked sinuses, etc., is we're looking to move blood. We're looking to circulate and keep the body moving. So the recipe of that, if you love to go in zones, is typically a recipe of zone one, zone two type exercise. You don't want to go over a conversational effort. You probably are shortening the duration of any of your exercise and training sessions and certainly eliminating intervals. The one other thing that you're going to do is probably reduce the number of sessions. You don't want to be doing double days if you're one of those people. And then with that moving blood, you want to support with plenty of really high quality eating, lots of hydration, and the replacement of the training time that you have eliminated, get down, sleep, rest, low key. Now, once again, the metrics can really help paint a picture of yourself here. But what they won't do is tell you what to do. All of the metrics help you with is information and insights. And when you couple that, combine it with self-reflection and really honest considerations of how you feel, that is when you can start to make a strategic plan. Good. So that's a really nice gauge. But then the question is, in both of these states, how long should you remain? Well, the truth is that you, as you're going through the sickness, are not really in control of that because there isn't a specific timeline per se. You are in that state while you feel the same. And as you start to emerge, things can change a little bit. Now, what I will tell you is that 72 hours in performance is a magic number. And so it's a good gauge, a sort of stake in the ground to anchor it around. Typically, 72 hours. You are sometimes lucky that it's 48. Occasionally, it might take a little bit more. But overall, I would plan 72 hours of staying in the mode before you even reflect and make any further decisions. And then from then on, your decision making is day by day. So let me paint a really clear picture here. You've got systemic sickness, a fever, you should count on 72 hours rest, at least 48. And then after that, you can move on if you start to feel better out of the fever towards that blood moving phase that we talked about. And then you're probably looking at another 72 hours or so of that blood moving phase. Now, you might get lucky and be able to go a little bit faster, but for nine out of 10 folks, that's the pattern. So I'm here to tell you, buckle up, be brave, be patient. You got a fever? Well, you got 72 hours or so of rest, 72 hours of just moving the blood. Yes, five to six days. That's typically what a fever takes at least. What about a head cold? When a head cold, you've probably got 72 hours or so, and then you go day by day with a maintenance of the blood moving, lowest low stress activity until your symptoms begin to rapidly improve. And so once you get over that hump and you can feel it, but your symptoms are really improving 
then we can start to integrate back into training. So in both of these cases, what we're really looking for is symptom improvement. What we're not looking for is symptom elimination. Why is that important? Well, the truth is that you can often return to full training with symptoms lingering. This is case by case, and I should preface here, of course, always consult with your doctor. I'm not a medical doctor. But in typical cases, you can return to training with some lingering symptoms. The key is that you must first rest and rejuvenate. And then when you are feeling cases really radically improve, that's when you can start to integrate and get back in. Okay, so you've got a little bit of management toolkit there. What about training re-entry? Well, what's the norm here? The norm here is like Sally. Oh, no, I had a head cold, 72 hours. I missed my key track session. I didn't do my over-distance run. I've got to get back into training because my event is in six weeks' time. So now I'm going back. I need to charge. Let's make up. I feel a little bit better. So here we go. You want to join me, Jack? We are going to go and do some hill repetitions. Let's make up for lost time. No, that's not what we want to do. There is a 72-hour, it's really keen, this, it's very kind, it's very accessible, isn't it? I keep talking about 72 hours. But there is a 72-hour integration back to train. Here's how we do it first. Day one, you want to make sure that it's really smooth and endurance-focused. Okay, that's a really nice way to do it. So you just do a little bit of test. You might put a little bit of building efforts into it but you just do a really smooth, low-stress day of training. There shouldn't be anything that places much stress on it. The second day, you want to put in a slightly more vigorous endurance day. If you are a runner, you might extend the duration a little bit, but you're still holding back on intervals. So you've got 24 to 48 hours of really smooth endurance with the second day progressing from the first day back to training so far as duration but you're holding back on intensity and then on the third day that's where you can test the system now typically what i like to do there is put an athlete through a series of building intervals if it were a swimmer i might say do eight repetitions of 150 yards or meters build the effort by two swims that means that they have a simple management tool. If they don't feel better, they won't progress to very hard. If they feel completely back to normal, they'll do some of their life's best times. They can go much, much stronger. If I had a bike rider, it might be six by six minutes, build through two of them a moderate effort, two stronger, two very strong. We start to get a gauge of where the system is. If I had a runner, it might be six by three minutes, build the effort by two. You get the idea. And that really equips you, the athlete, to have a little bit of control. Once you've done that interval session, the fourth day, I would actually typically go a little bit easier. And if everything is good and you feel much better while retaining good rest, good hydration, good fueling, and then boom, that's when you can go right back into regular training. Now, this might feel like it's a really long duration, 
But let's think about it. Imagine you get a head cold and you've got sniffles on day one. You feel worse on day two. Day three, you actually feel about the same. And then day four, you feel much, much better, like really better. You turn the corner, it was three days. Well, then you can go and do a smooth endurance day. The next day, I feel okay again, but you still got some symptoms. You go and do another endurance day and then boom, you're back into intervals. So in the real world, quite often, it really is a very small detour if you manage it right. But the key is if you don't manage it right, if you lack patience and you just say, I've got to keep going on the plan, you're going to supply so much stress to a system that is already under stress that you're going to do ill-effective training and extend the duration of the sickness and illness. And that's the dirty truth, is that in most illnesses, most infections, the body likes to regress to the mean. But you have to give it the environment, the support, to help it get there as quickly as possible. Which brings me on to the final piece. What about potions, pills, and magic solutions? Well, the vast majority of illnesses, and of course, we're not talking about diabetes and cancer and things like that that are much, much different. We're talking about head colds, fevers, flus, components like that. Your magic pills, your quick fixes, your magic solutions, what are those? Here's number one. I do have two for you. Number one, rest and sleep. Yeah, the truth is that the body loves to regress to the mean, but it's very hard to accelerate the process. The body really, really enjoys marinates in rest and sleep when you have sickness. It's how you optimize recovery. And so there's no massive quick fix or rushing it. You need to just give the body some downtime. I will add to it, number two, a second component that supports cellular health and your immune system, hydration. You want to drink a lot. In fact, you should really look, if you're looking for food and fuel, particularly when your hunger dissipates, when you do have the sniffles, soups are a good thing. Veggie-based, high dose. There is a reason that folks really like chicken noodle soup. It's not such a bad thing to consume, and it's certainly not such a bad thing to consume when you are sick. But on top of that, well, two other things, really. And that's that, sure, if you want to add your little magic packs, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, or can I say it the appropriately proper way, vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Some of those solutions, you can add that up if you want to dose. Is there any real scientific evidence? Well, it's cloudy, but if it makes you feel better, go after it. In fact, if you want to jump into the world of homeopathy, and then sure, take it. It's not going to do you any harm. And in fact, if it amplifies your power of belief that it's helping you, it's probably going to accelerate, not for the reasons it says on the package or the voodoo doctors tell you, but it will accelerate. The mind is a powerful thing. And finally, if you do head to the doctor, follow his or her orders. They are medical experts. They know what they're talking about, particularly if you have someone that is sensitive and invested in sports and life performance. Okay. Oh, and before you ask, I'll answer your question that you were going to ask. Do you know what they call the other type of medicine from alternative medicine? 
medicine. Mm, just something to put in your mind. Anyway, folks, I hope that helps. That is my thoughts on navigating the common cold, flu, sickness. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, feel free, of course, to reach out to us, info at purplepatchfitness.com. We will, of course, try and integrate your questions into the next week's show. But until next week, I really hope that you stay healthy and please stay safe. Take care. Be kind to each other. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers! Cheers!